Hello, and welcome to Catholicism in the Car. My name is Parker Zerbal. Today I want to quickly uh, just give some reflections on, <clears throat> on a talk I heard last night by Dr. Brant Petrie. My, uh, my parish here in Northeast Indiana, we have been trying to get uh, a lot of adult catechesis started. One of the first things we did was have a, a night of education where we, we learned about the Jewish roots of Holy Week. And this is a, a talk given by Dr. Brent Petrie, who's a professor of Scriptural Studies uh, at uh, St. Mary's Seminary, I believe, in uh, Louisiana. Or, I'm sorry, I think it's Notre Dame in Louisiana. Anyway, two things in particular struck me about what he said. I'd heard some of it before because I've done, I've done some pretty extensive studies uh, with Dr. Brant Petrie's work. Um, I'm actually reading right now his introduction, his and uh, uh, Dr. John Bergsma. So Dr. Petrie and Dr. Bergsma have a book out called the uh, An Introduction to the Old Testament, uh, a Catholic Introduction to the Old Testament. It's a, I think it's about an 800 page book. They say it's mostly meant for graduate students, um, but also the interested layman can read it. And I am an interested layman. And I really think Virtually anybody could read this book with some some prior knowledge of certain things, um, having read script, through scripture a couple times, a few times maybe, um, getting a good overview of the land, maybe going through programs like what's it called, The Great Bible Timeline by Jeff Cavins, uh, and then I think of having a pretty good understanding of the of an overview of history would be would be helpful too before reading this book, but um, I do think with all that said, anybody could still pick it up and, and understand what's going on. Anyway, in this talk he gave last night, he mentioned two things, and they both have to do with trees. Now, as you probably know, there are two very significant trees in salvation history. It is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil was the one that Adam and Eve were forbidden from eating off of. And the tree of life was the tree that uh, was, was the, one of the main trees that they were able to eat off of. Um, and a lot of the tradition goes that they would live forever because they were able to eat from the tree of life. Now, what's interesting is that in the Gospels, uh, you have Palm Sunday, Jesus rides into Jerusalem on an ass. Uh, the people lay palms down at his feet, echoing uh, the riding of Solomon into Jerusalem for his ordination as king. also fulfilling some prophecies at the end of Isaiah. 
And the next day, Jesus does something very strange. So on Monday, he does something strange. He, it says, uh, he was hungry. So he walked up to a fig tree, and seeing that there was no fruit on it, he cursed it, saying, may no fruit, may no one ever eat of your fruit again. Now, what is so fascinating about this, this, this verse has given me pause for all of my life until now. And, and some of you may know what Grand Teacher's going to say here. It, it just really struck me um, because particularly with the tree of life, and we'll get to that in a second, and Genesis, um, Ezekiel, the book of Revelation, um, and then obviously all of its ties into the cross. This has fascinated me for many years now. And also the tree of the knowledge of good and evil has fascinated me. And I've always wondered about this passage in the gospel about the fig tree. Why does Jesus curse the fig tree? Especially when um, certain scriptural commentators will say things like uh, that it wasn't even the time of year for figs to be growing. So it's, you're kind of like, what the heck, Jesus? You're just being a jerk, cursing this fig tree. What did it ever do to you? So what's the parallel here? Well, Dr. Petrie says, in Jewish tradition, the tree of the knowledge and good of good and evil was considered to have been a fig tree. So Jesus, when he curses the fig tree and he says, may no one ever eat of your fruit again, he's talking about the tree of the knowledge, the tree um, with the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. that no one may ever eat of that tree again, that sin may be eradicated from the face of the earth by his death on the cross. Now, what about the tree of life? Dr. Petrie says that the tree of life in Jewish tradition was thought to have been an olive tree, <laughs> which is just amazing. Because you think about all the times in the scripture when olive trees are mentioned or olive branches. Uh, after the flood, Noah sends out the dove a few times and, and it comes back with nothing, it comes back with nothing, and eventually it comes back with an olive branch. And it's the sign of salvation. Then you fast forward to the Gospels after... Holy Thursday after the Last Supper, they go to the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane, apparently in Hebrew, means olive press. Olive press. Uh, because there it's a, it's a garden of olives. It's a garden of olive trees. And so in Jesus' agony in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's being pressed like an olive that oil to come forth from him. The oil of life. The oil that saves. <laughs> and then P. 
Petrie goes on and he makes all these connections with the sacraments and why we use oil in, in, in most of the sacraments. When we ordain men to be priests, it's oil that we use. When we uh, baptize babies, we anoint them with oil. Uh, we anoint them with sick all these things and why do we use oil because it's the elixir of life it's the fruit of the tree of life hope that helps <laughs>